eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning. It is Friday, April 2nd. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. In just one moment, we will be joined by Anna Hickey, lead Clemson writer over at Clemson 24-7. She does a great job covering the Tigers. I've had her on several times and with their spring game on tap. On Saturday, we thought it was absolutely the perfect time to check in on the five-time, six-time defending ACC champs and a a Clemson team that's not at a crossroads, but a lot of new faces, new players who are going to have to step up and keep keep the standard as high as it usually is for them to make it back to the playoff and then win their first playoff game since the 2018 season. And as you all know, we are attempting to hit every Power 5 school and a few Group of 5 schools this offseason. I can't believe this, but we're almost halfway there. And so in case you missed your favorite team don't worry we have them all on spotify for you just go to spotify search for the playlist called across the country with the college football daily unquote and find every single team preview episode we've done so far texas lsu arizona state Rutgers, nebraska from this week auburn tennessee we've done many more than that and they're all there for you to listen in my opinion it is the perfect 15 to 20 minute capsule for you to check out, to listen to, and to be a more educated fan as the offseason wears on and as we start to build sooner sooner rather than later toward the start of the 2021 football season in August. It's like your virtual college football magazine, your audio college football magazine, if you will. So check it out. And speaking of checking things out, the Final Four is on Saturday. You probably want to watch the games, but what if it's nice and you have your vaccine and you are out and about at a brewery and they don't have the game on, or you're at a dinner night, uh, date night, or you're doing something, and you want to watch the games. How do you do that? Go to the CBS Sports app on your connected TV or phone, and from there, you will see the final four games available to watch. You can also do this on the March Madness live app, which I adore. And you think, think of this as your gateway to all the action, so just make sure you're downloading the CBS Sports app so that you never miss a minute of the NCAA tournament, which, hard to believe, almost over. Three more games total, So, and, and then it'll be college football season. And for most Clemson fans on Saturday, it's already college football season because it's a spring game and a chance to watch DJ. So without further ado, we're going to take a break and then talk to Anna Hickey. We're going to see how the 10 and 2 Clemson Tigers are going to make sure they don't have two losses in 2021. The College Football Daily will be right back. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Anna Hickey, as promised, joins us right now. Anna, we spoke, I guess, a few months ago at this point, wrapping up the Clemson regular season and, you know, up and down. And you listed some some points of concern that you're watching for in the spring. I know it's hard to learn too much from spring football, but do you think Clemson got better in the last few weeks? I think they got better. I think they definitely got more physical. It sounds like a cliche word, but I can't tell you how many times we heard that from the players, from Dabo, from the coordinators, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's a huge emphasis, just getting stronger, more physical at all three levels, but especially, I would say, corner safety and then along the defensive line. We talk to any of the defenders and they'll just acknowledge that they totally got out physicaled, humbled. Um, knocked off the ball, however you want to word it, against Ohio State. Same thing on the offensive side of the ball, too. Tight end Davis Allen was pretty candid about that, getting off blocks at his position. Same with the wide receivers. So certainly would say that they're using that blowout, that embarrassing performance, if you will, against Ohio State to fuel them this spring. Does that follow the normal script from the Davos Sweeney playbook? When you say they're using the motivation, the blowout to fuel them, I think of like Nick Saban. Does that is that something that Dabo has done before? I, please tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like maybe in the past he'd be like, you know, no, we'll motivate ourselves, or you know, we we are who we are. Like it, it is interesting to hear them speak so candidly about how they failed against the Buckeyes. No, I agree with that, and part of that is just like in recent years. I mean, two of years they've won it all, so you can't say that you can use last year's motivation. And even in, when they lost to Alabama, I think it was just acknowledging that. They got beat by a more talented team, better skill players, better line play across the board. Um, and even LSU, I think that was part of it too. But Ohio State, it, the, the, what they're kind of digging into is not that their players are necessarily faster than ours, but they just, A, wanted it more, and B, they were just more physical than us. And to quote Jamie Skalski at the beginning of spring, he was like, that's the rule rule number one of football. He can't be out physical. So it's more of like an attitude adjustment, I think, more so than anything. But yeah, I agree with you in the sense that Dabo Sweeney normally likes to turn the page on spring and say, you know, that was last year's team. Better or for worse, and this is a whole new team. Um, and this year, I mean, a little bit of that, but certainly a lot of Ohio State talk and, and and Sweeney hasn't really shut that down at all. I mean, if anything, he's kind of embraced it. You were telling me before we hit record that y'all talked to Brent Venables on Wednesday for the first time since before the Sugar Bowl, which which Clemson lost 49-28 and could not do much against Ohio State. Uh, Justin Fields threw for what he wanted and, and Trey Sermon rushed for what he wanted. First of all, were you surprised that it took so long for uh for Venables to to come out and face the music? And then you know what what was his tone um, as far? I mean, I saw your tweet about, you know, they, uh, he said something funny about like getting lined up or stopping the run. Well, so they didn't have a Zoom room for coordinators after the game. So we couldn't talk then. And then the way Clemson sets up their spring ball availability for the coordinators 
one will do it at the beginning of spring. So we talked to Tony Elliott the first week of spring ball, and then the other one will do it at the end. So Venables kind of joked last night. He was like, no conspiracy theories out there. Like, I'm a man that'll stay in front, take it in the gap. Like, you know, like, ask me what you want about the Ohio State game. Let's just address it. So he went into plenty of detail about that last night. And yeah, I think, I mean, I can read a little bit for you. I think it's a little interesting um, just to kind of quote him because he says it better than better than how I could summarize it. He says, wasn't anything worth a flip from that game, the preparation, the game plan, you just burn it all. We got physically worked on a line of scrimmage. They got after us in all three levels. We were out physicaled. They established the run and set up play action. We let guys run by us. We let guys run through us. We didn't set the edge all day. We got knocked off the ball. It was a humbling experience, a lot of self-evaluation. I think the most important thing we do in the out of season and what we've tried to emphasize in spring ball is improving our physicality at all three levels. And then he goes on to say, we have to improve our ability to stop the run. I think that's where it all starts. We're going to be stronger up the middle of our defense this year. I've seen that improvement. Probably the most improvement I've seen from any two guys on our defense this spring is Tyler Davis and Brian Brise. They've had terrific springs. And if we're going to be what we all hope we can be next year, man, it starts with those guys. So I didn't think that puts it into perspective. Um, starts up front. And when you have two of your most talented players and you say they're the ones that are the most improved, I mean, they're just kind of setting the bar um, where everyone else needs to get to. Those are the two. Yeah, those are the two guys. Do you do you expect like the the young the freshman defensive lineman and we'll we'll jump to the offense here in a second I I, I got to say though like I do enjoy talking defense on spring because like sometimes I just get kind of like trapped into like talking QBs and running backs it, it's nice to have like right, a more, yeah. um in depth discussion about the whole compl- complexion of the team but it's 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 I didn't and, and also it's is it I would have always been saying Brian Brzee so I'll I'll work on that too but Brzee and and Miles Murphy and that vaunted 2020 defensive line hall, you would imagine that getting more physical, you throw in Tyler Davis, who'll be a, a stud as a junior. Like it, it starts with them, right, Anna? Like it's like th- those guys have to go from what would like Brent Venables call them, like pups or whatever, to, to right. forces. Totally. And, and Brent said that last night, you know, you saw flashes of Brian, you saw flashes of Miles, what they're capable of last year, but they're still true freshmen. And I think just the improvement that they've made and Dabo kind of alluded this earlier in the spring, it's just night and day knowing what to do. And then also just playing faster because they know what to do. And that's led to an increased pass rush, which I think in addition to stopping the run, they've emphasized winning one-on-ones either interior or at end in spring so much. And I think that's where they think it starts because last year, you know, they saw that when they didn't get enough pressure, it really put a lot of pressure on a young and semi-talented secondary. So that's just been the huge emphasis. And yeah, I think, you know, you, you not just look at the younger guys, but Tyler Davis, I mean, he was only a sophomore last year and he got hurt early in the season, came back, got hurt again, and wasn't just quite, wasn't the same player since. So now that he's fully healthy, he's really able to dig in and have a good spring, a good summer. And then Justin Maskell was a backup last year, but he's taking first team reps this spring with KJ Henry sidelined. Xavier Thomas has kind of put COVID and, you know, the aftermath of that in the background. And and they're hoping he can have a productive, consistent spring. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to have a lot of depth at end, especially with Justin Foster walking away. They brought a linebacker over and Kevin Swint. So, you know, as long as those ends can stay healthy and they have a good summer, getting stronger, faster, more physical, um, I think Clemson will be a lot better up front. So offensively, there are storylines at every single position. We don't have time to do that. So I'm going to do like a quick 
status report for you. And we can kind of choose the ones we want to dig in on and the ones we just want to gloss over. At quarterback, is there anything surprising or new to report on DJ Uyangalele? Anna, is it is it same old, same old? Will he probably be the guy we expect him to be this fall? Yeah, I would say so. I really haven't written much about DJ. I think the one of the biggest takeaways looks at the, was the first day we talked to Dabo for like 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And I don't think one question was about DJ. And that's your, a first year starter at quarterback. We did not, the media did not ask about him. Just, I mean, for better, for worse, maybe we took it for granted what we saw in that Notre Dame game, but because kind of Sweeney kind of came back last week after the scrimmage and said, Dab, I mean, said DJ had a couple of turnovers in the red zone that he just can't have forcing things or making the wrong decisions in the RPO run game. So I think maybe that's just to, to kind of keep the pressure on DJ, like, hey, you haven't arrived yet. But, you know, overall, I expect, uh, expect to see. Um, he's going to be a star. Yeah. yeah. No, he's going to be a star. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's been fun to watch. You know, I've so much NFL draft coverage in the news the last few weeks. And I, you got to think like in two years, these guys are going to be going crazy over DJ. All right. uh, Running back. If you had to put money on it, who gets the first carry of the 2021 season replacing Travis Etienne? Uh, I probably lean Lynn J. Dixon, the senior. But if you're going to say who's going to be a starter, if if everyone's healthy at the end of the season, I'm going to say Kobe Pace. Uh, there's a ton of competition in that running back room right now. So, and then you have a, a first-year running back coach and CJ Spiller, and they're kind of all just starting from scratch. Um, so you've got Kobe Pace, and you've got Chesma Lucy, Mikey Dukes, Lynn J. Dixon, and then you throw a couple of true freshmen in there that have done some good things. So they're all getting reps right now. They're all getting a little bit of work with the first team. And I think that's what Clemson wants right now. You know, they want that competition to kind of fuel um, those guys elevating their game. But yeah, that's one of the storylines I think going into summer and fall is if there is that one guy that truly does elevate himself above the pack. I think Kobe might be starting to do that. But, you know, I, I still think that Lynn J. Dixon, who's been hurt a little bit, you know, they're not going to just write him, write him off yet. You know, he, he's still going to have a chance to kind of elevate his game too. Does that kind of surprise you about Kobe Pace? I'm looking at him. He was in the class yeah. of 2020. Yeah. So it's not like he's like 20 years old or, you know, he's been in the program for so long, but he was a three-star. And I think like just kind of, you look at it nationally and it's like, okay, yeah, Lynn J, you know, who doesn't want to see what Will Shipley has got, but no, it's interesting that you went with Kobe Pace and from, from reading your coverage this spring, it seems like they really like him. It's going to be. Yeah. He's a big batch. Uh, yeah. I like that a lot about him. Um, I think he picks up things quickly, especially pass protection, which is always huge with Clemson. And he just kind of came from a system in high school where he was taught the position. And I think he's five, five, 25, 25. So, um, yeah, he's a big back. Justin Ross, what are your expectations for him this year? I know you guys recently, I think got to zoom with him. Yeah, we talked to him last night for the first time in over a year. I can't remember if we talked to him last spring before kind of the news came out that he would have surgery. And if we didn't, then it would have been 2019 since we last talked to him, um, which is kind of crazy. But he has a doctor's appointment in early June. And that is the final doctor's appointment, kind of the final finish line. And he will go back up to Pittsburgh and meet with oncologists. And I think if they sign off there, then he'll be good to go for the fall. Right now he's doing everything, pads on, helmet on, but he's not doing contact. So like you won't see him in the spring game. But if the doctor clears him in June, he will be able to do contact. They've moved him to the slot. I thought it was going to be T. Higgins. I thought he was going to be like the outside guy now. Well, I think they had they like E.J. Williams at that position. And then you have Joseph Ngata there. And you have Frank Ladson. You have a Joe Joe who's kind of coming on. And then at slot, you lost Amari Rogers. 
you don't really have any like an obvious guy. I mean, you have Brandon Spector and then Will Sweeney. So I think the move to slot was more of just a, and then they're still going to move Justin around a lot, but his home's going to be the slot. And he was funny last night. He's pretty candid, not without meaning to. He was like, yeah, I think it's going to be an advantage for me. Um, at that position and we were like why and you know the obvious stated the obvious he's like i mean i'm gonna be going against slower competition i'm gonna be going against linebackers and safeties like i'm just gonna have an edge on him so <laughs> um and it's not just the straight line speed dad was said earlier this spring he's kind of hunter renfro-esque and his ability to cut on a dime so he just fits the the slot role and um i think that also bodes well for his nfl future just showing that he can he can move around he can be a mismatch problem wherever he is on the field so um yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm eager to see um, him in that slot position. And and we, he did say last night that he's he plans on the doctor giving him the okay. Like I don't think there's anything you know in terms of he's hit all the benchmarks so far. So um, I think you're just kind of holding your breath until you get that final word, of course. But you know it's not like anything grand has to happen between now and then in order for him to get cleared. Will the offensive line be able to hold its own in Week One against Georgia? Because this was a huge <laughs> issue last fall. Yeah. And, you know, week one is a little bit different than the playoff when they're just totally gassed because Clemson had about six or seven guys, six maybe, that they really felt comfortable rolling out last year. And the whole emphasis this spring has been getting 10 or 11 so that they can rotate more. And I I do think so. Um, They really only lost Jackson Carmen, who steps in that role as Walker Parks. They actually might move Jordan McFadden to left and, and Walker might play right. But either way, you have two talented tackles. Your guards have been in the system for another year. you got a veteran at Mac. Matt Bockhorst, and then um, now a second-year starter in Will Putnam. And then center, which was kind of the the position that everyone talked about last year, just was not good, um, even though you had a veteran in that role. They have a new kind of blank slate this year, and, we, and that was a question going into spring ball, who would emerge at that position. And it seems like it's been Hunter Rayburn, who's a younger player and haven't really heard much about, but it's just one of those things where they keep saying, yeah, the lights come on for him. He gets what he's supposed to do. He's playing faster. He's a lot more physical. He's about 320. So he's a big body in there. So, you know, and and he can move. So if he just puts it all together and it sounds like he has, and it sounds like Clemson really might have something at center, which is something to be excited about. And then a guy like Paul Teo, who was a freshman last year, he's coming on. Mason Trotter is a backup. You have, you know, you just have some guys that I think that they're excited about that you can throw into the rotation and, you know, not totally hold your breath and be like, oh, please just don't get totally knocked off the ball. And and that's still going to be the emphasis going into summer and fall. Yeah. A lot of interesting storylines. It was, and I've been doing this power five jump around during the off season. It's like, you know, some teams, you know, you you talk Nebraska, it's like, you know, I don't who knows the names of all the Nebraska players, but with programs like Clemson and the LSU, I, one I did with Shea Dixon and eventually I get to Ohio state and Alabama. It's like all of these positions, all of these players are intriguing because these are the people that we're going to be talking about in November and in December and in the college football playoffs. So this was a great rundown by you. We really appreciate it. We'll uh, look forward to watching the spring game tomorrow. It's, it's hard to believe that we have college football spring games uh, upon us, but we're there. So yeah. we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks, Trey. All right. We appreciate Anna joining us. She does such a great job over at Clemson 24-7. Make sure you are following her. If you are a Clemson fan and you found us that way, subscribe to 24-7 Sports and and Clemson 24-7. You also get a free subscription to Paramount Plus if you do that. My name is Trey Scott. Our producer is Lance Glenn. We will talk to you on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.